Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Welcome back to episode three of this five-part series on African coups. Be sure to check out the first few episodes, which provided more of an overview around colonialism and French meddling. Today's episode will investigate the factors that have contributed to such great instability in the Sahel region. Ready? Great. So let's cut to the chase. Let's start with the basics. The Sahel is an African region which extends from the Atlantic coast all the way to the Red Sea spanning almost 6,000 kilometers. It is characterized as a transition zone between the drier Sahara Desert to its north and the savanna to its south. Its inhospitable semi-arid climate, accentuated by climate change effects, has led to frequent shortages of food and water. Corruption and violence run rampant in the region. Very high birth rates are leading to a rapid increase in population, straining resources. The population of Niger, a country in the Sahel, is expected to increase from 25 million people today to over 65 million people by 2050. The Sahel is the poorest and least developed region in the entire planet. Recent years have seen a surge in instability as various coups, insurgencies, and foreign interventions have taken place. The last 10 years have been particularly disruptive with former French colonies seeing most of the action. The Sahel faces incredible challenges which could lead to massive waves of migration in the future, the likes we have never seen before. Structural factors have played a central role in making this region a hotspot for unrest. These include political, economic, social, and environmental factors. Let's quickly go over these one by one. Then we will go over the history of the region to put things into perspective. As a direct consequence of colonialism, political instability has always played a role in the region. Right after independence, up until the 1990s, military coups were extremely popular. No prime minister or president could finish their term without being toppled just a few years after being elected. That same general that toppled the first government was then toppled by other disgruntled military officers. The story then goes on and on and was repeated countless times. How could any politician operate in such an unstable environment? In addition to weak governments, these new leaders have faced incredible internal challenges. Ruling among hundreds of ethnicities with different languages, religions, and cultures is almost impossible. In the 1990s, after the end of the Cold War, proxy conflicts throughout the continent fell. A wave of democratization movements helped transition authoritarian rule to multi-party systems. However, this was mostly a mirage as weak governance, persistent corruption and a lack of political inclusivity continued. Economically speaking, 
these weak countries have had limited opportunities to provide basic services such as education and healthcare. Economic disparities and poverty contribute to social unrest, while a lack of employment conditions is greatly conducive to conflict. Competition for scarce resources, such as land and water, can trigger conflicts. The war in Darfur, in Sudan, was greatly influenced by competition for arable land. Ethiopia, Sudan and Egypt continued to dispute over water resources related to the Nile River. This competition has also been exacerbated by climate change, land degradation and rapid population growth. High levels of unemployment and increasing violence are limiting the economic development of these countries. Moving on to social factors, ethnic and religious diversity can always be a source of tensions and conflict, when mismanaged, of course. Sahel countries, like many African countries, include a wide diversity of religions, ethnicities and languages. Authoritarian governments have always exacerbated these differences, leading to even more tensions. Large-scale displacements of people due to conflicts and environmental disasters can also lead to more instability. As I've already mentioned, the Sahel region is particularly vulnerable to climate change. Desertification and changing patterns of rainfall are leading to resource scarcity and conflicts. Overfarming, overgrazing and overpopulation as well as natural soil erosion are all causing serious desertification. Major dust storms are becoming more common and violent, while droughts have a very long history in the region. One mega drought lasted around 250 years, from 1450 to 1700. A drought in 2010 led to a famine, while another one in 2012 led to loss in crop yields of over 50% in Mauritania and Chad. Changing weather patterns and desertification are having devastating consequences, with the region feeling the brunt of it all. Research suggests that climate change impacts increase the risk of armed conflicts, particularly in regions where populations are already divided, and the Sahel is the prime example of this. As we can clearly see, the Sahel region really doesn't have many things going its way. Unfortunately, all these structural challenges continue to worsen the already dire situation. The Sahel region has never been stable. Even though it got relatively less unstable during the 1990s and 2000s, the 2010s saw a large uptick in violence and conflict. 2012 was the year when things started to deteriorate rapidly. Operation Serval was launched that year by the French government, which led to an international military intervention in Mali. But the most recent history and the coups is the focus of the next episode. Now we are going to understand what historical factors led to the region's instability. As the region is home to many former French colonies, persistent French meddling and influence throughout the years has weakened governments, their economies and its institutions. This has made the region even more prone to political instability. 
In addition to the historical legacy from the French, there were several insurgencies and external wars that greatly contributed to the growing Sahel crisis in the 2010s, a crisis which is continuing and getting worse into the 2020s. The first of these external factors is the Algerian Civil War. The 1991 Algerian elections were cancelled by its military because an Islamist political party was about to win them. Armed Islamist groups quickly rose up and fought a brutal war against government forces for 10 years. The war finished in 2002 with a government victory which left deep scars on Algerian society that continue to this day. One of these armed Islamist groups that fought in the war evolved into the Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, AQIM for short. Even though the government won, southern Algeria remained a breeding ground for Islamist groups. The instability created an environment where these armed groups could easily spread to neighboring countries such as Mali and Niger. Many of these armed Islamist groups operated across borders and engaged in cross-border activities such as trafficking, kidnapping and attacks. Arms trafficking became extremely prevalent. These illicit arms found their way to various groups, which led to renewed tensions. The Tuareg people are one of these groups, but we'll get back to them in just a minute. The weak and unstable neighboring governments in the region were in no position to confront the growing threat. Let's now move on to the war in Darfur on the other side of the Sahara. This major conflict in a vast western region of Sudan was labeled the first climate change war. It led to the displacement of almost 3 million people according to the UN. This terrible war that started in 2003 between rebels and the government caused hundreds of thousands of deaths and the indictment of Sudan's president Omar al-Bashir for genocide and war crimes. The wider implications for the region of this conflict include a massive refugee crisis into neighboring Chad. Chad was already grappling with growing rebellious groups of its own. Cross-border insecurity grew and arms trafficking flourished. New proxy conflicts and rebel groups complicated already fragile regional dynamics. Let's now go over the most important external war that contributed to insecurity in the Sahel, the Libyan crisis. Up until now, Western involvement in the Algerian civil war and the war in Darfur had been very limited. Yes, the structural challenges of the region can be somewhat blamed on France, Britain and other countries, but sketchy actors, corrupt leaders and ethnic tensions certainly had their fair share of blame. However, the Libyan crisis can be fully blamed on NATO and its allies. In the spring of 2011, a wave of protests swept through the Middle East and Northern Africa, inspired by calls for democracy and political reforms. In Libya, Muammar Gaddafi, who had ruled for over 40 years, responded to the protests with violence. 
The international community was outraged and condemned the violence and expressed support for the Libyan people. In March of 2011, the UN Security Council authorized the use of force to protect civilians and NATO initiated military operations such as airstrikes and enforcing a no-fly zone. The intervention's objective evolved into regime change. Gaddafi had been a thorn on the side of NATO and Western governments for decades. His state sponsorship of terrorism, support for anti-Western insurgent movements throughout Africa, and confrontational foreign policy had completely alienated the West. That is if you exclude Italian Prime Minister Berlusconi, of course. The West then armed and trained opposition forces and Gaddafi was eventually ousted. Libya was then left in a power vacuum, while political fragmentation and violence has continued ever since. This instability contributed to the migration crisis in the Mediterranean, which is still affecting Europe to this day. The collapse of state institutions in Libya led to arms trafficking and the spread of militant groups, such as AQIM, to the broader region. Fighters and resources traveled across borders and fueled insurgency, terrorism and conflicts in Mali, Niger, Burkina Faso and Chad. The humanitarian and border crisis that the collapse of Libya caused was incredibly destabilizing for the entire Sahel region. As is often the case, the West had a prime role in causing it all. Before moving to the Tuareg people, let's quickly go over Boko Haram, which certainly has its fair share of instability for the region. Boko Haram is an Islamist militant organization based in northeastern Nigeria, which operates in Chad, Niger, northern Cameroon and Mali. The insurgency started in 2009 and reached its apex during the mid-2010s when it was the world's deadliest terror group. The group carried out mass abductions and has displaced millions while killing thousands. The ecological disaster of the region's most important body of water, Lake Chad, has destroyed livelihoods and has led many to join Boko Haram. Violence in this region continues to this day. As we can see, instability was growing rampant throughout the 2000s and early 2010s. The effects of the Algerian civil war, the war in Darfur, the crisis in Libya and Boko Haram wreaked havoc to already weak governments. In addition to all of this, Tuaregs also played an important role in the instability. Tuaregs are a large Berber ethnic group that inhabits a vast area in the Sahara that stretches from Libya and Algeria to the north all the way down to northern Nigeria and Burkina Faso. Most of them are found in Niger, Mali and Burkina Faso. The semi-nomadic people that are traditionally pastoralists have long wanted autonomy and the formation of their own state. In Mali, Tuaregs strive for the state of Azawad, which makes up the entire northern half of Mali. 
They have led armed revolts against both French colonial rule and the governments of Mali, Niger and other Sahel countries. In 2007, the Tuareg took up arms in Mali and only a Libyan-backed peace deal brought an end to the fighting in 2009. After the 2011 Arab Spring, the military operations of jihadists in the Sahel grew tremendously. AQIM, along with other Islamist groups, strengthened, fueled by instability and arms from Libya and other conflicts. You combine all of this with the droughts and famines in 2010 and 2012, as well as the overall 2010-2012 world food price crisis, and you can clearly see the amount of instability and chaos in the region. In Mali, Tuaregs took up arms again in 2012, allied with AQIM and other Islamist groups. Together, they took control of the entire northern half of Mali in just a short amount of time. Malian President Touré was then ousted in a military coup in March of 2012. Rebels in the north quickly declared an independent state of Azawad in April of 2012. However, disagreements between Tuaregs and Islamist groups led to infighting right after him. The international community was shocked and reacted strongly to the coup and its leaders. Within a couple of weeks, Traoré was declared as the country's new president, while the military that led the coup was forced to take a back seat. The situation did not improve thereafter, and instability continued to grow. Following requests by the new Mali government and ECOWAS, a regional alliance, France led a full-scale military intervention in December of 2012, along with other African and European countries. But that is it for this episode. Be sure to come back next week, where we will continue with the historical events of the past 10 years. It will focus on the multitude and increasing number of coups and how Sahel countries are abandoning their historical partner, France. As you can clearly tell, this region is complex, chaotic and very unstable. The challenges they have are uncomparable to any other place in the world. The moving parts are so many and hard to understand and the complexities are incredible. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.